What up, everybody? And welcome to the Fitbit Report Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. For those of you who are new, I would like to welcome you to the podcast. If you've been here before, hey, welcome back. Today's episode is about how brands are responding to racial injustice post the pandemic. Effects of racism in beauty, fashion, and ice cream globally. As global citizens, we must ensure future generations don't experience the harsh injustice we continue to see. As global citizens, we must use our collective voice to ensure an equitable and fair society, free from brutality. As global citizens, we must all stand for freedom, for justice, for equal opportunity. Global citizens, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this message. When the COVID-19 pandemic hit the U.S., brands quickly stepped up to reassure frightened Americans that they were there for them. In countless campaigns, brands let the public know that they were helping by donating money, making masks, and giving consumers grace periods on things like utility and mortgage payments. But when Black Americans are being killed, whether by police, as in the case of Minnesota's George Floyd, who was suffocated by a white police officer who pinned him down by kneeling on his neck on Monday, or in incidents like the killing of Ahmaud Arbery, who was chased and fatally fatally shot by three white neighbors while out on a run in his Georgia neighborhood on February 23rd, the silence of the corporate world can be deafening. On Friday, the American Psychological Association issued a statement calling racism a pandemic. We are living in a racism pandemic, which is taking a heavy, heavy psychological toll on our American, African-American citizens. The health consequences are dire, said APA President Sandra Schulman. Racism is associated with a host of psychological consequences, including depression, anxiety, and other serious, sometimes debilitating conditions, including post-traumatic stress disorder and substance use disorder. Moreover, the stress caused by racism can contribute to the development of cardiovascular and other physical diseases. Unlike COVID-19, however, the pandemic of racism isn't new to America. Protests against police killings of black men flood the streets of U.S. cities year after year, yet little changes. And corporations that often preach diversity and inclusion tend to remain oddly silent. Is it odd that those same big corporations who donate millions of dollars to political campaigns are the same corporations who are silent during times like this? These are the same corporations that the president loaned millions of dollars to post the pandemic, yet the service providers were not even able to receive a tenth of the PP loan funding. Yet because we are now living in an era where everything is being recorded on video and uploaded to social media, the brands are now being woken up to something bigger than what they felt would become the voice of the people. And the people have spoken and they're looking for brands that are there 
and that they share the same concerns when it pertains to racism and injustice. But will this new revolution online through social media be the key turning point in the beauty, fashion, tech, and corporate America? I hope that it will. These are some testing times and these are some trying times, but it also it's also something that as a consumer, we want reflected in our morals of products and our morals. And that is that racism must go and hate has no place in our homes, lives, and culture. Hey guys, I want to thank you for listening to the Fitbit Report. All I ask is if you can leave a star review and a comment or share this podcast with others. Keep listening. We'll be back after this message. Makeup holds a power. The beauty industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. This can be explained by multiple different market conditions today. One of the main ones being that younger consumers constantly want to explore and try new products. The younger generations need to be Instagrammable at all times. And this is one of the reasons for their growing love of beauty products. Another reason for the younger generation's obsession for always wanting new products is constantly being bombarded with advertisements for new products, whether it be from social media ads or YouTuber reviews on products. The beauty industry is valued at $532 billion US. And the skin care industry is valued at $148.3 billion US. It is estimated to rise to the value of $189.3 billion by 2025. With all this growth and wealth in the industry, you would expect it to be very inclusive and open to all demographics, including all races, genders, shapes, sizes, colors, and ages. While the beauty industry is highly accepting of some demographics, they are not so open to letting different races into their community, in particular, people of color. It was only in the 90s that brands such as Mac, NARS, and Bobbi Brown started to embrace people of color by widening their concealer and foundation shade ranges. Fast forward to the present day, it was only about a year ago when Fenty Beauty launched that a 40 shade foundation range became the norm for beauty brands. Fenty Beauty is Rihanna's beauty brand along with LVMH. It launched in September 2017 with the intention of including people of all skin tones and genders. This was shown with her 40 foundation shade range that has now expanded to 50 shades, as well as other products in that line that were created with the idea in mind of including every one. While this starting to become the norm for all beauty brands is a good thing and a positive step towards more inclusivity in the beauty industry, a lot more needs to be done. So think about it. This goes deeper than foundation. This issue is not really about foundation. It is about representation and equality. There still exists, of course, a tone of deaf brands that don't believe darker skinned women are their audience. 
and have purposely limited their foundation colors. Thankfully, there are other foundations to cater for everyone. Preferences may vary based on texture, finish, and skincare benefits, but the market is now so vast, the one is lurking out there somewhere. So despite the current talk of diversity and inclusivity, I am constantly reminded we are not there yet. While it's wonderful that I can now find a base that won't turn me gray or cantaloupe orange, in order to really move forward, the beauty industry needs to start having conversations that go deeper than the shades of foundation. The problem with diverse advertising, um, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy when it comes to beauty marketers who delay improving inclusivity. This is because darker shades haven't been offered, so brands don't realize there's an issue or because the darker shades available in store haven't been up to standard or advertised appropriately. Consumers don't buy, so sales aren't considered satisfactory, and brands therefore don't invest in better R&D and marketing as they don't think there's a market for it. More needs to be done to eliminate discrimination within advertising. The naming of beauty products is another thing brands must consider more carefully. Lots of foundations and skin-based products for black and brown women, people, often have names of food. There's something really dehumanizing about calling products chocolate, caramel, mocha, and coffee, while all the lighter shades are porcelain or ivory. So even within the language we are using for makeup, there is that inequality. Why are we just food? So the benefit of creating more diverse teams as is often mentioned when talking about diversity. If brands employ marketers who are as diverse as the audience they are trying to reach, many of these problems can be prevented. So for take, for example, Lush's CEO, she pointed out how diversity has helped her team. In her statement, she said, it means we have people who can be involved in our shoots and in our product development and point out things we wouldn't necessarily appreciate, like braiding being silently off or coloring looking slightly orange. However, Lesh does currently have any women of color within its senior leadership team on makeup. Although there is a pipeline in place to foster talent, there still has not been a color of woman of color working on the team but they're focusing on supporting the development to take a bigger opportunity to actively look for more diverse candidates as they expand their team. And as she added, it won't be for us as white team members to determine how well we do. Of course, it won't be. Um, This is something that they will have to definitely uh, work within their own team, but this is not just Lush. This is a lot of others. Um, beauty brands and fashion brands as well. And it's it's definitely, we need to be included, whether you're a Latina and whether you are Black, 
Um, Latina culture is completely different than the Caucasian culture and Latinas also need to be marketed to as well. Now, these brands are speaking out against racism on social media. While a majority of brands have remained silent, some are coming forward to align with protesters and take a firm stance against racism. Nike, which backed former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, is a high-profile 2018 campaign weighed in with a new ad that launched about 7 p.m. last Friday. The creative from the brand agency Wyden & Kennedy Portland takes a simple approach, black background and white lettering with a swoosh lockup at the end, but with powerful words. Nike competitor Reebok provided its own statement with an Instagram post that stated, without the black community, Reebok would not exist. America would not exist. The second image in the trio from the Adidas owned athletic brand read, we are not asking you to buy our shoes. We are asking you to walk in someone else's. YouTube pledged 1 million in support of efforts to address social justice, though it's not exactly clear where the funds are going or where the plan might entail. Ice cream brand Jen and Barry, Ben and Jerry's took a characteristically bold step forward on Thursday for years after it issued a similar statement in support of Black Lives Matter protests in Ferguson after launching a campaign in 2019 with Lush to bail out Black mothers out of jail for Mother's Day. Other lifestyle brands also jumped in with cosmetic brand Milk Makeup tweeting a message of support for the Black Lives Matter movement. After beauty blogger and YouTuber Jackie Ana posted an Instagram story to her 1.5 million followers calling out brands that cater to the Black community to step up, she announced on Twitter that the CEO of Fashion Nova, Richard Shaghan, had called her to discuss the best way to address the current state of affairs. She then tweeted, Fashion Nova reached out and wrapped a call a few hour, hours ago with their CEO post-call. I followed up with an extensive course of action and plan to have a follow-up call with them tomorrow. Thank you to everyone who contributed suggestions earlier today. While more companies are likely to issue similar statements of support for the Black community as the protest continues, it remains to be seen whether the biggest global brands will step up to the plate, and if they do, which brands, big or small, will find ways to turn their words into action. Hey guys, I just want to take a pause here to thank you for listening and let you know how much I appreciate you for lending me your ears. Stay put as I come back after this message. While the beauty brand Lush is working on getting more people of color in senior roles, it's vital that companies foster an environment to give people of color a voice. There are so many untapped opportunities because people of color are systematically ignored from hiring, educating, and networking with. You need to make sure people feel like they can correct you on issues of inclusiveness and diversity if you want to bring them into your company 
and work for you to make that diversity and inclusion included in your company. It's definitely a behind the scenes problem. We know this. Florence is the creator of a makeup brand, MDMA. MDM said she recalls a conversation she had with a black brand manager from Lori L on her podcast, Flow Beauty Talk. When she questioned on her foundation in a meeting, she told colleagues she had to use a competitor brand as L'Oreal did not create a one in her shade. If she wasn't in the room, who would have been the person to advocate for dark-skinned women? No one. But because Florence was there and she was actually speaking to her on her podcast, she was able to relate to the the black brand manager from L'Oreal who was able to speak to her and advocate with her about her dark skin. Your workforce needs to reflect your customer base. And if you want all women to wear your products, then you have to have all women in the boardroom, all women in the shop floor, all women in the lab. That's how you get diverse range out. It is also impossible to represent communities and identify their needs without fostering an environment where people of color are not only present, but feel they can speak up. If ignored, brands will be left scrambling as more dynamic challenges provide the inclusivity consumers demand. And this is very true. And this also rings true for the Latino community, Latinos in general, we are of all different ranges in the inclusivity of our of our ethnicity and of our culture are not also represented in the boardroom or in the laboratory. And there's just no real representation of inclusion of a Latino or a black when it comes to beauty brands, fashion in corporate America. And it is a clear that diversity isn't hard. If you're willing to put in, spend that money and use that resource on making those shades, it's not challenging. But then again, this is not about the shades of foundation. It's about inclusiveness and diversity. And I want to end this episode letting you know that until every shade of color of foundation is represented on every board, on every leadership team, and in every company, The silence will continue to promote the hate that has made this country, America, not so great. As more announcements continue to be released, I plan to bring you guys 60 seconds of the Fitbit Report, which will go live on IGTV on all the updates from the podcast I've shared here. As always, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Christina, the Fitbit Report. Until next Wednesday, peace and love always.